You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. God has these promises for you and me that He's prepared for us before the foundations of the world, that He's prepared for us to have. But He prepares us to get those promises. He prepares us to receive those promises. He prepares us, and then we're ready to receive. He prepared Israel that they would inhabit the land. The Lord wanted them to enjoy everything that He had promised them. And that's the kind of life God has for us. God has promises He wants to fulfill in our lives, but oftentimes we miss the preparations that are necessary to attain them. In today's message, Pastor Dave will share on the importance of digging deep and meditating on God's Word in order to be ready to receive the promises He has in store for you. Now here's Pastor Dave with today's edition of Cape Watch Radio. Turn into your Bibles to Joshua, the first chapter. Last week we did basically 1 through 9, but today we're going to pick up and we're going to complete the chapter And we're going to kind of go back and pick up some of the points that we didn't get last time. So if you have your Bible, turn it to Joshua 1. The book of Joshua, the sixth book in the Bible. The beginning of the historical books of the Bible, because this is a historical book. If you've turned there, let's read verses 1 through 9 as we start. Joshua 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness... And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I with with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Great, great, great passages there. As we started our study of this book of Joshua, we spoke about the importance of reading this book, the importance of getting to know about the conquest of the promised land. Joshua is a book of new beginnings. Many of us need a new beginning sometimes. Many of us need that new beginning, that fresh time of the Lord. 
The nation of Israel had wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. But now the Lord had made them and prepared them to be ready to claim what was rightfully theirs, this inheritance of the land of Canaan. They were ready to enjoy all the blessings in this new inheritance that would be brought to them in this land. God himself had prepared the land for them. And what is even more interesting is that during those 40 years they wandered in the wilderness, God was actually preparing them to enter the land. God has these promises for you and me that he's prepared for us before the foundations of the world, that he's prepared for us to have. But he prepares us to get those promises. He prepares us to receive those promises. He prepares us, and then we're ready to receive. He prepared Israel that they would inhabit the land. The Lord wanted them to enjoy everything that he had promised them. And that's the kind of life God has for us. He wants us to experience that life today, a life that is given to us through our Joshua, Jesus Christ. Our Joshua, Jesus Christ, they share the same name. For Joshua in the Greek is Jesus. So Joshua in this book becomes a type of Christ. You know, there are types in the Old Testament that we look at. Joshua becomes a type of Christ. So our Joshua has prepared us. The Lord, our God, the Lord Jesus Christ, wants to lead us in a conquest over the old life. He wants to lead us in a conquest so we can be conquerors of the old life. And he wants to lead us into a new life in the Spirit. A new life in Him, through the Holy Spirit. He called it the abundant life in John 10.10. A life filled with joy. A life filled with righteousness. A life filled with peace, all through the Holy Spirit. So this book is important for us to understand. This book is important for us to read. And although... It's recorded in this book, and I said it's a historical book. It's recorded the history of the nation Israel as they came into the land and they fought for every inch of it and they took every inch of it as God provided for them and as God gave to them. And although it's recorded and they believe that the book is written by Joshua and it's called Joshua and it's about Joshua leading them, it truly is about our Lord God Jehovah, about what he did. And what he accomplished for them. And what we can do then is look at it and glean now what God has accomplished for us. What God has done for us, those who would believe in Jesus Christ and accept his sacrifice on a cross. What God has done now for us. And we can make that parallel. God is our God. He's our victor. And he certainly is our redeemer. All that Joshua accomplished, though, was accomplished by obedience through faith. And that's what I've called today's message. Everything that Joshua did, he was obedient by faith to what God had told him to do and what God will tell him to do through the entire 24 chapters that we're going to read. See, Joshua's sole desire was to glorify God. Joshua's sole desire was to glorify his Lord as a nation. And they crossed the River Jordan. Joshua reminded them that it was the Lord that was with them. And it was the Lord that was doing this. And it was the Lord that was doing that. Joshua never took credit for himself. Joshua never stood up and said, I'm the great conqueror here. I'm the captain of this army. No, no, no. Joshua met the captain of the Lord's army. 
And we're going to see that in a couple chapters. He meets the captain of the Lord's army, the Lord of hosts. He meets him. He knows who's in charge. Joshua takes absolutely no credit for what God is doing. And as a victorious Christian, we can take no credit for what God is doing in our life. I overcame this. Did you? By yourself? we got to give God the glory. got to give God the credit where credit is due, and he deserves all glory and all praise. The Lord is doing the work. Through Israel's obedience, through faith, Joshua wanted all the people of the world to know and love God, Jehovah. Well, all the people of the world at that time did know Jehovah through this conquest, and they did know what was going on. Whether they loved him or not is another story. So as we began our study of the book of Joshua, we see that the record, like I said, of new beginnings for the nation Israel. They have a new leader, Joshua. His name means Jehovah is salvation. They're going into a new land, the land of promise, the land that God had promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they're beginning a new life, a victorious life now, free from the bondage of slavery from Egypt. And Egypt always represents the world. Egypt always represents the world and all it has to offer. And this book records the battles. It records the defeats, it records the sins, and it even records the failures as a nation as they conquer the land. But this book of Joshua is not about death. The book of Joshua is about life, and it's about, as we compare it to our Christian walk, we can take from this book and we see illustrations of how our lives, believers' lives today, we can say goodbye to the old life, and we can enter into a rich inheritance that has been given to us by Christ Jesus. There's a similarity here. This book explains to us how we will meet our enemies and how we can meet them and how we can defeat them because Christ has already overcome them. Christ is the overcomer. How we can claim for ourselves that which has been given to us in Christ. Last week we said that the clue to these books can be found in two New Testament books, in two New Testament epistles. We find that in Hebrews 3 and 4, The area of Canaan is not heaven at all, as it's suggested by our old hymns. The area of Canaan is an area of rest, where we are resting in what the Lord has done, where we are resting in what God has already accomplished in our lives. You know, you hear these words, and we take them sometimes too lightly. When we hear the words of Jesus Christ on the cross, it is finished, what does that mean to you? Well, to a lot of us, it means I need to get busy and do some work. But that's not what it means at all. I can rest in the work that was accomplished. I can rest in that work that Christ has done on the cross because it is finished. And you see God telling Joshua, I have given this land to you. It is finished. I've done it. It's yours. Now take it. Christ on that cross, when he said it isn't finished, the abundant life is ours, we need to take it and accept it and take it as ours. So we look at these things, and we know that Hebrews and Ephesians tell us about that, that a life that every believer can have on earth, a rest. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, he also speaks of this life, and it speaks of a oneness that we have in Christ. If you notice chapter 1, every spiritual blessing we ever have is found where? In Christ. 
Our inheritance is in Christ. We are adopted in Christ, and so on and so on. Everything we have is in Christ. I love what one commentator said. He said, quote, What Paul's letter to the Ephesians explains doctrinally, the book of Joshua illustrates practically. I like that. Paul writes to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 10, in verses 1 through 4. He talks about what had happened. He says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that our, all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them. The rock was Christ. Down in verse 6 it says, Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. And in verse 11, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our ammunition, upon whom the ends of the age have come. So we learn from these things. We learn from Joshua's experience. We learn from what was happening here. What the people of Israel went through in their actual historical experiences become patterns for our life. They become examples of how we should live as Christians. We can apply these spiritual battles and a spiritual pilgrimage that now we're all engaged in. We're all engaged in a spiritual pilgrimage. These experiences have an exact and accurate application for us. So as we began chapter 1 last week, we see that Joshua is now the new leader. The new leader of Israel. In verse 1 it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. There's new leadership in the camp. God chose Joshua, and throughout the wilderness, he prepared Joshua for this work. Joshua did many, many different things in preparation for the work that God had him to do. I firmly believe in my heart that God chooses a man for leadership, and then he prepares that man along the way. My example would be the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was chosen by the Lord, met on the Damascus Road, became a believer, and then was whisked away to Arabia and where he was prepared for the ministry that the Lord would have for him. Joshua was chosen by the Lord, and he was born a slave. We know that he was given the name Hosea, which means salvation. And then later Moses changed his name to Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. We said that the Greek name is Jesus. But the first time we ever see Joshua in Scripture, he's a warrior. He's a mighty warrior, and he leads the Israelites against the Amalekites, and is victorious. So he has this great battle. Many scholars think that in Exodus 17, 13 to 14, it's suggested that Joshua was chosen by God for a special work in the future. They believe that this is the first tell of that. You can read that on your own time. We know that Joshua was chosen by God. Because it's clear in Numbers 27 and in Deuteronomy 34, because it's recorded there that God chose Joshua and even told Moses that Joshua was going to succeed him. Moses then brings Joshua before the people and he lays hands on him. He lays hands on him. And it then it says that Joshua was filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Now laying on of hands is done 
to show that he, he has the authority. Moses was passing his authority on to Joshua. We see the laying on of hands throughout Scripture. And many people get confused about the laying on of hands. Many people think that that's the only way you can receive the Holy Spirit. Well, that's not so, according to the Scripture. Nobody laid hands on Cornelius and his family. And they received the Holy Spirit. But we do see the laying on of hands in Acts 13. When they were praying in the church of Antioch, the Spirit said, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work I have for them. And what did they do? They prayed and they laid hands on them and they sent them out. They're giving them their authority. When I was ordained as a pastor for Calvary Chapel, I had about 12 guys from Calvary Chapel Vine and elders and my pastor, they ordained me and they laid hands on me and they sent me out. It's a sign of Respect, it's a sign of authority, it's a sign of power, and it's a sign of we recognize what God has done in your life. That's what it mainly is, is recognizing what God has done in your life. Moses did that before all the people of Israel. All the people. He got them up there and he did that. He even tells the people to be strong and courageous because the Lord was going to do a mighty work through Joshua. And here Moses is even telling the people, listen, the Lord's going to do something great. Get with the program, guys. The Lord is really going to work here. You see this beautiful thing. Once again, the Lord is doing the work, least, lest we ever forget who's in charge and who does the work. We know that Joshua was a servant. He served Moses for some odd 40 years. We know that Joshua sought after God. Joshua was a seeker of God. We read last week that he had a personal relationship with God. He was in the tabernacle, and he was a guard of the tabernacle. In Exodus 33, that when he and Moses went into the tabernacle, Moses met with God, and Moses left, and Joshua stayed behind. Joshua stayed behind so he could get that, that personal touch, that, that relationship with God. Joshua was obedient by faith to God's word. Look at verses 7 through 9. The Lord is talking to him in verse 6. He goes and tells him, he says, Only be strong and very courageous, in verse 7, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Don't turn to the right or the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that was written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wheresoever you go. Wow. Amen. He said, blessed is the man in Psalm 1. Blessed simply means, oh, how happy. It means, oh, how happy. That's a loose translation of blessed. What makes a man happy? Meditating on God's word. Meditating on God's word. And I love that we talked about this last week. Not only does it say meditate on it, it says meditate in it. That means to me, dig. That means we're to dig in it and chew on it and, and, and devour it. And I always use the, the example of the cows chewing their cud. Mm-hmm. They're sitting out there. They ate this grass four hours ago, but yet they're sitting there going, boy, this is good grass. Mm-hmm. You should have some. Mm-hmm. That's what God's word does to us. You study it and you glean from it what God wants to talk to you. And then throughout the day, you're thinking, going, mm-hmm. That's a good word, God. That's a good word. You know, meditate on it. Sit there. You know, sometimes I sit there and I read God's word. I read it so fast. I was like, I did that today. It's going to be a good day. That's not necessarily going to happen. 
Not necessarily the way it goes, but if we meditate on it and allow it to become part of us. It's a living word. It's God's word. It's the truth. And if we allow it to become part of us and we look at it, there have been times, and it's only happened very, very sparingly. I wish it happened more, and it's probably my fault that this doesn't happen more. But I wish it did happen more. I can think of one or two times where I was awake at night and chose to get out of bed, and I went into the living room, and I opened up God's word, and I fed on God's word. I fed on one word, one word from God. And I fed on it, and it was just incredible. It's only happened a couple times, and I know it's not his fault. It's my fault. He says, Joshua, meditate on my word. Don't look to the right. Don't look to the left. Meditate on my word. Keep it ever before you, for it's your life sustenance. It is what your life is made of. And if you want to prosper, and if you want to do well, and you want to succeed, meditate on my word. And Joshua did that. Meditate on it. Make it become part of you. You know, I remember when I was a young Christian, I didn't understand the value of memorizing Scripture. As a young Christian, I didn't understand. I thought it was a work. It was like a law. We had to memorize Scripture. And I was kind of offended by it. But as I read the Word, I realized that as I read it more and more, I was memorizing Scripture. And I could quote Scripture, and I could say God's Word in memory. And I still don't have it memorized as much as I would like. But I do try to memorize it from time to time. You know, there's all sorts of ways that you can, you can memorize God's word. It's important. And that makes it part of you. That makes it part of you. His scriptures are so important. This is what the Lord tells Joshua. This is the condition for his success, actually. Joshua, I'm letting you do this, but you better do this. Be strong and very courageous that you observe to do according to all the law that Moses showed you. All the law. So we see these conditions upon which we now can have the power of God in our lives. Conditions how we can know his presence and and feel his presence in our lives. And we can experience the victory over sin. What did Jesus use against Satan when he came against him in the wilderness? It is written. It is written. And he hammered him with scripture right back at him. It is written. It is written. Word of God. Meditate on it. Day and night, know it. Joshua understood this and he was obedient to God's word. He was obedient to God's word. We said last week that Joshua, and I mentioned that Joshua was filled with the Holy Spirit. Because in Numbers 27, 18, the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, with him, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hands on him. So Joshua had the Holy Spirit in him. And he relied on the Holy Spirit to lead him and guide him. He relied on that. And we see this encouragement for Joshua as God promises his presence forever. Not only does he promise him his presence, but he promises him his power. We too have that power in us. The scripture says the same power that rose Jesus from the grave dwells within us. Can you imagine that power that we have? Why don't I see it? Because you want to use it for your glory. I want to use it for mine, God says. You don't see it because you want the glory for it. You want people to say, look what he did. No, I want people to say, look what God did. God tells us in Joshua 1.9, To be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What encouragement that is. God is with us wherever we go, just as he was with his people, the Israelites, on their journey into the promised land. Do you know the love and strength the Lord can give you? 
If you haven't yet discovered the power of a personal relationship with Jesus, we'd like to tell you more. Please give us a call at 609-884-5821 and we'll be happy to introduce you to the one who will change your life forever. You can also send us an email at info at capewatchradio.com. That's info at capewatchradio.com. We'd also like to invite you to get involved in a church community to help fuel your passion for Jesus and support you on this journey. If you are in the Cape May, New Jersey area, why not come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May? We'd love to have you join us for our time of fellowship, worship, and Bible study with Pastor Dave. We gather together every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. You'll find our address and driving directions by visiting our website at capewatchradio.com or by giving us a call at 609-884-5821. We're so glad you tuned in to Cape Watch Radio. Pastor Dave will continue walking verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Joshua. When you join us next time, may God bless you today and always.